This is a Gao Media property in partnership with Jacob Media. Set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You've got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level on the SportsMap Radio Network, a show where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage, home loans that fit your life. Rocket can. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. News coming in right now as you see the Titans trending across all social media platforms and the Vikings not far behind them as the Titans have five players and a couple of other members of the front office, several players. It looks as if due to closing the facility, everything will be done remotely. And some reports say three, some say five, but a couple of players, five personnel members tested positive for COVID-19 and a couple of reporters coming out saying the same thing, including Ben Volan. League source confirms the Titans' eight positive COVID tests today are confirmed positives. Confirmed all in caps. Because there are people out there who just refuse to accept the fact that this is a real thing. Tweeting alleged, well, alleged positive tests. Now you see people coming out from the league saying, "Uh uh-uh, this is confirmed. The chance of false positive tests, this is Volan's tweet again, have been ruled out. So this is the first NFL's first team outbreak. And that's true. Right now, it took three weeks for this to happen. But it's a reality that we'll see just how prepared the NFL really is. We saw that Major League Baseball was ill-prepared, and that's probably putting it nicely. Major League Baseball had no real ability to do anything outside of cross their fingers and hope it didn't get worse. And then they figured out, okay, this is what we can do, and we can try and mitigate spread, and we can send a message. And even still, after the Marlins fiasco, you saw other players lesser amounts, but still other players go out thinking that they're invincible. Two straight weeks, we're fine. Third week, something happened. Now, the Vikings have shut down everything, as have the Titans. Shut down facilities, suspending operations due to potential COVID-19 outbreak. So we'll try and figure out anything more we can get as far as how bad this thing is. Second level, Sports Map Radio, just just underway. And here I was, ready to talk about Dak Prescott getting thrown under the bus. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on the SportsMap Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. Looks like the Titans and Steelers are going to have a bye this week. As the Titans are not allowed in their facility at all until Saturday. That's best case scenario right now. Is... Saturday, you'll be allowed back into your facility. There's just no way the Steelers and Titans are going to play this football game, you would think, based off of that alone. It doesn't matter if only five, and technically it's really just three is what we've seen players 
So who knows player personnel? Personnel could be a bunch of different players or people, pardon me, as far as where their rank or position is. But for players, even if it's Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, and Corey Davis, that doesn't mean the Titans wouldn't play the football game if those guys were out and everybody else was able to practice and move on, life moving on normal. That's not the case. When you've now turned this week into a virtual practice and you're not allowed in your team facility until Saturday, I don't know how you can continue to play this game. And if you do, look, Pittsburgh's not in Nashville yet. It's Tuesday. They're not going anywhere near Nashville anytime soon. They're just sitting back right now in Pittsburgh practicing, taking care of their own business, 3-0, and looking to go 4-0, and and just trying to figure out how they can hold Derrick Henry to under 400 yards. That's all they're doing right now. They don't have anything to worry about outside of they'll have a bye this week. Worst-case scenario for the Steelers – They don't get to play a football game. They have a bye this week. They make it up towards the end of the season. That's really the worst. Best case scenario for them is this game somehow goes on. Like, I don't understand how this game hasn't been postponed yet. What are they waiting for? They've already, the NFL and the Titans themselves have already come down and said that nobody's allowed in the building until Saturday. And we don't know if it's eight or if it's more as far as this outbreak is concerned. We just don't know yet. It might be nine. It might be ten. But I'm not going to write it off as only eight. And you have an entire week left where it really doesn't matter right now how many more people you have because test positive in the sense of you've already made the decision, and rightfully so, mind you, to keep everybody out of the building. That's it. Nobody's in the building. Everybody's out. Let's figure this thing out, and then we'll come back on Saturday. We'll regroup on Saturday. You think that you're going to regroup on Saturday after going through Zoom meetings of practice? How would that even work? You'd Zoom in everybody on the offense, and you'd have, all right, well, I'm dropping back right now, dropping back, dropping back. Wide receiver yells out, I'm open, I'm open. Corey Davis is on his little box. I'm open, I'm open. Henry's like, just throw it underneath, man. Just throw it. Nobody's on me. Underneath, underneath. How would that Zoom even work? And then you just roll right into a game because you've already played a couple of games. That's not how the NFL works. This would be a ridiculously large advantage for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are already favored, mind you, coming into this football game, and rightfully so at 3-0 and and based on how pedestrian Ryan Tannehill looked on Sunday. I just don't know what the next step would be if you've already said you can't come in until Saturday. I don't know what the logical next step would be outside of, well, we're postponing this football game. Maybe they don't want people to panic early on or it become a talking point. Well, guess what? It is. You had one of the biggest names in coaching in the NBA fired last night. We had a Stanley Cup crowned. Purdue has just suspended 13 kids, and it's more of the same with college, which is it's impossible to control anything going on there. Oh, and by the way, Major League Baseball's postseason begins today. All of this pales in comparison to the NFL's first COVID outbreak. All of it. Doesn't mean that it's not important. Doesn't mean that we won't mention it. Doesn't mean that it shouldn't be brought up. But the NFL having its – it's more important than what we saw on the field last night – 
which is utter domination and just this level of perfection. Man, imagine how you feel watching the quarterback you root for throw the best pass of the day and then multiply that by 50. That's what Chiefs fans watch every single time this kid drops back. All of that gets pushed aside because now, for the first time, we see how the NFL is going to deal with COVID. How? And we don't know yet what's going on with the Vikings. I'm waiting to see this thing updated as we speak about the Vikings. Right now, the Titans are the big story because they're trending, and rightfully so, because this is ground zero right here. But as far as what the Vikings are going to do outside of postponing everything right now immediately, they have not put out, and here's a statement. Okay, this just came from Mike Jones, NFL reporter, columnist, USA Today Sports. Today, the NFL notified us that members of the Titans organization have tested positive for COVID-19. As of this morning, we have not received any positive results from Vikings testing following Sunday's game. Per the NFL protocol, we will suspend in-person club activities and close TCO Performance Center immediately. Work closely with the NFL and NFLPA to monitor the situation, perform additional testing, and determine when the facility can reopen. We will provide further updates regarding this week's football schedule when appropriate. So the big thing there is we have not received any positive results from Vikings testing following Sunday's game. That's it. This might have come yesterday. It might have come after the game where everything was fine, everything was cool with the Vikings and the Titans until after the game. And then a couple of Titans players, personnel, whatever. It could be freak. I'm not shaming anybody for getting COVID, my goodness. But it could be a bunch of different circumstances. Some out of their control, some in their control. We don't know. But this tells me that the Minnesota Vikings facility will not be shut down until Saturday. And that the Vikings will, in fact, play their football game this Sunday against the Texans in Houston. Houston, a four-point favorite at home. Wow. I know both teams are winless here, but that's pretty shocking that they would get that extra point. I'd have to stay away from that. I, I don't know how you can justify if there are no positive tests, if after multiple days they have confirmed, like Wednesday would make sense, right? Okay, today you're diligently doing as much as you can, vigilantly testing everybody as possible, all right? Just come on, let's go. Test again, test again. Make sure that there are no false positives. Send it to the lab, get it back. Send it back to the lab, get it back. You're good. At that point, why would you even stop and continue to keep your facilities closed if you know that you're in Minnesota right now? You're not going to Houston anytime soon, like Pittsburgh's not going down to Nashville. So why would you continue to keep that building closed when you know all is safe in your own house? Titans are a different story. Vikings, okay, you'll prepare for the Texans. Texans aren't dealing with this. Texans shouldn't have to. And again, if all things are safe, which they appear to be based off that statement by the Vikings, then now it becomes unfair to the Texans. It becomes unfair to your players in Minnesota. Everything's safe. This is the protocol that you put in place to make sure that if, in fact, there's an outbreak or there are a couple of people who test positive on the other team, another organization, you can close the ranks, test everybody, make sure everything's okay. 
And when it's okay, you have that luxury that the public doesn't have or other areas in our society, other sectors don't have. So take advantage of it, and they have. It appears, and I'm going on their own words, the Vikings will be back up and running in business by tomorrow. Maybe even an announcement comes later today. It's only 1121 on the East Coast. So maybe an announcement comes a little later today about what's going on with Minnesota. Titans, on the other hand, I think we are just awaiting the obvious right here. How can you even take a bet if you're a book or a casino right now? In fact, I wonder if this thing is even on the board right now. It really is mind-boggling. Anybody would take a bet on this game, and anybody would think, at least in the NFL front office, the league office, that not postponing this thing until like Thursday or Friday changes any type of perception about what's going on like maybe we can bury it a couple of days the nba finals are back we've got a god-awful football game on thursday night between the broncos and the jets so maybe what you do is you announce it then and, and try to bury it but again it doesn't really nothing gets buried in the nfl nothing the only thing that really gets buried is stuff that then gets found out because the NFL is so popular that there are constantly people working against it as far as any type of information they're hiding or holding or just mistakenly not disclosing. Here, in this case, it's pretty obvious what needs to happen. It's pretty clear-cut. Now, as far as how long this thing gets shut down, I don't know why it would be a two-week process, to be honest. I don't know why it would be... A situation where the tight, unless, of course, you have multiple players where this is no longer three players, but 30 players. Okay, now we can talk about that. 30 players, what do you do here? 30 players, how difficult is it now to field the team? I would imagine very difficult. So at that point, you would cancel. And if these guys need to be out for 10 days or 12 days, then just like we talked about here with the Titans closing their facility through Friday, probably through Saturday as well, and maybe reopening Saturday. It's the same scenario where you are ill-prepared for a football game the day after. You come back in 12 days and you have a game in two days, you're not really prepared for that. That's why you need the full two weeks, the full 14 days off. We're not there yet. It's disappointing. It's definitely a story. It's something that the NFL is going to have to deal with, and we'll see just in fact... How we'll get, and I don't know, but we'll see if, in fact, how we'll get some closure on this today. And maybe it's simply just postponement. And that seems to be the logical decision. You don't need to cancel the game after this. You just need to cancel week four right now. Postpone, I should say, week four between the Steelers and the Titans. It's that simple. At Shander Show, twitch.tv slash Shander Show, 800-224-2004. First time that the NFL has had to deal with this. And there's been a sense of trust. I think a lot of people even forgot. I think a lot of people just, you know, you watch, you don't see anything. A lot of this right now is about a good reminder to you and I out there that nothing is done, nothing is out of the woods, nothing is in the clear. And while the NFL maybe got lucky or maybe just did a really good job preparing and nothing is going to be perfect and one or two in this case, eight people might slip through the cracks. But whatever it is, either side or however 
many areas you can find of middle ground. The fact is the NFL, which I think a lot of people after two weeks and maybe even three weeks until today, thought was bulletproof, is clearly not. All right, story as well that just popped up in the NFL this morning that pushes the cup and the NBA coaching fiasco aside for just just a couple of minutes. We'll have to talk about what's going on in Dallas, I'm sure. And also, I am at a crossroads in my household, and it's no better place right now. There is really no better place to hit people up, especially this forum that we've created here, this mini forum on this show, to talk about it, because I have no idea what I'm doing, and I figure there's somebody out there who, at the very least, doesn't know what they're doing and can sympathize, or actually does know what they're doing and can offer some advice. Either way, it's a win-win for me. Second level on Sports Map Radio. Dealing with the root of the issues, it's the second level on the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Aton Shander. Both Titans and Vikings have closed their facilities. That's the big story today. It's not the Tampa Bay Lightning hoisting up a Stanley Cup. It's not Doc Rivers getting canned by the Clippers. I don't know who was surprised at that by any means. I mean, that was a colossal collapse. We'll chat with Bill Horenda coming up in 10 minutes about that and the NBA Finals as well. But there's some big coaching shifts going on in the NBA. Now, granted, with what's happening in the NFL with this COVID development, we'll see just how this thing moves along and if, in fact, we get any word from the Vikings, who I, again, anticipate will announce, if not tonight, then tomorrow morning, all is normal, all is well. We're going to go on and play that game against the Texans. Titans-Steelers, on the other hand, is going to be postponed. I think that's the baseline for expectation right now. You may be wondering why Tony Romo, Jerry Jones, Dak Prescott, a lot of people talking about them on social media. You may even wonder why Tony Romo is a top trend in the United States as we speak. Because Jerry Jones did, and I love it, by the way, because I am an unapologetic Eagles fan, and I'm not here to be objective on everything. And when I am objective, you can call me out as a hypocrite telling me that I'm not objective on everything, and that's fair. That's fine. In this case, I absolutely love it. Jerry Jones was on morning radio doing a hit and threw his quarterback under the bus, said the difference between Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. In fact, he said specifically, The Jerry Jones said Dak Prescott not being able to pull off that last play of the game against the Seahawks is the difference between he and Patrick Mahomes or even Tony Romo. They could have pulled it off. And it's amazing. I I have the full transcript here just so that you can see it and hear it, see it in your mind as I read it. And hear it and then just laugh alongside with me. The quarterback we played Sunday is of that kind of nature. Talking about just an unbelievable talent. He's very, has great ability to get in and out and then make the play. I'm reading this verbatim, by the way. 
that play Dak made at the end of the game that got intercepted, well, the result of Dak's ability that let him get the ball off was really great and outstanding. Well, these guys do that, have that ability a lot. They're very quick-footed. They are very have the unique ability to possibly take their eyes away from the field for a minute and then immediately focus back and see. Romo had that. And so those are things that show up, and that's what's showing up with these guys. They're buying time with their feet or buying time with their instincts and feet. You know, and again, that's not the same thing as what's being said. You know, I don't necessarily agree with Clarence Hill Jr., who what I believe misrepresented based off of what I'm seeing. Now, I, I think this has been a misrepresentation, right? And I, I think Clarence Hill Jr. tweets, Jerry Jones said Mahomes and Romo would have made this play count for the touchdown and the win. Basically, Dak did all that magic to throw a weak ball. I, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to. Can we listen to this? If, if I get you this, are, are we allowed to play this, Ron? I don't see why we wouldn't be able to play it. Okay. Because I, I don't know. I, I'm reading the tweets from Clarence Hill and Junior, pardon me, and it doesn't seem as bad when I read the actual transcript. So I'm thinking maybe we should just listen to it. Mahomes is, I think, at the highest level right now because of, frankly, as much as just his natural ability to make plays, his mobility. This guy's very quick and elusive and can get in and out of situations with his feet and by time. The quarterback we played Sunday is that kind of nature. Great ability. That play Dak made at the end of the game that got intercepted. Well, the result of Dak's ability that let him get that ball off was really great and outstanding. Well, these guys do that, have that ability a lot. They're very quick-footed. I, I don't see where there's a shot. I don't see where he turned around. Man, I really was hoping for this to be a shot. I was really hoping for this to be what Clarence Hill Jr. now, I believe, to be misrepresenting what Jerry Jones said. You know, he brought up the interception in the same conversation, the same breath as Mahomes and Wilson. But there is enough gray area there. There is enough circumstantial evidence that he could easily turn back and say, well, I was putting Dak in a higher light to actually prop him up as opposed to take some subtle third level. I mean, you'd have to be really meticulous in your shot taking. That's like third, fourth level right there. I mean, that's way beyond passive aggressive. That is a meticulous, all right, I'm going to pre-plan this thing out. I don't think that's the case. I don't know why that was, maybe it was just listening a lot of times, and I've dealt with this like I'm sure you and, and others, Ron, who have done this forever, where radio, especially when you take a lot of interaction, if it's calls or what have you, radio is just that old game of telephone where somebody calls up, you know, I heard you say that. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. And then you play the tape, and it's nowhere near that because people hear what they want to hear. Sometimes you do. Sometimes, you know, like, that's not the case with everybody. You know, you go back to some pretty bad things that have been said on the radio, and that's not a case of somebody hearing what they wanted to say. Don Imus, right? I mean, that, that was pretty clear. But I, I dealt with it so often 
And a lot of it is just subtle stuff that you bring up about a football team, a basketball hire, or something along those lines. And people try and call you out for something that you say, and then you go back to the tape, and it's nowhere near that. It's just nowhere near that. So, yeah, I, I do wonder specifically how he came to that conclusion. But, man, this, this is definitely different. Definitely new to me. All right, we'll chat with Bill Horenda coming up next. I don't know. I was expecting something much better, something much greater. I didn't get anything along the lines of that at all. How disappointing can it be? I thought we'd have a whole segment to tear into the lack of trust from Jerry Jones and Dak Prescott. We got none of that. None. Zip. Nada. Nothing. We'll chat about the coaching moves. Pretty big stuff going on in the NBA. It's worth a mention with Bill Horenda next. You're listening to The Second Level on the SportsMap Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Home loans that fit your life. Rocket can. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios with way more than the scores. Here's Aton Shander. So we've been telling you constantly and trying to get the message into your head as much as possible because it's a good thing and it's a good cause and it's a good result. And that's get yourself a face mask from Boomer Naturals. Not all face masks offer the same protection, so I recommend the Boomer Naturals three-layer comfortable, breathable mask available in sizes for adults, teens, children with many cool patterns and colors to choose from. Boomer Naturals offers three layers of cotton polyester cloth enhanced with nano-silver technology. Nano-silver can block tiny drops and particles from getting to your nose and mouth. And recent U.S. lab testing shows Boomer masks 99%. That's a big deal. Stop by your local CVS pharmacy today. Ask for Boomer Naturals nano-silver masks and gaiters. All right, we'll take a step aside here from the COVID news in the NFL and talk to our buddy Bill Horenda, who you can follow at Bill Horenda on Twitter, all things NBA. And once College Hoops comes around, we'll be talking a lot of that as well. Bill, appreciate the time, my friend. I I can't imagine you were surprised when you saw the news, you got the tweet or maybe the text alert that Doc Rivers was out with the Clippers. Is, Is that an accurate assessment of your emotional reaction to the news? It is, Aton, but it still pains me. I fancy myself a coaching consigliere. <laughs> you know what I mean? With so many friends in the business, uh, in the NBA, and also in the college ranks, as you alluded to. Listen, uh, success has a thousand fathers, and failure is an orphan. And, you know, coaching ain't all beer and skittles, as Ed Norton of the Honeymooners uh, says. And, uh, you know, like Bear Bryant also used to say, if you can live without coaching, don't coach. It's a results-oriented business. And Doc Rivers, no one gets it more than he does, a complete class act. So not surprised. To me, my gut reaction was that uh, they would want to keep a Kai Lue or, or Sam Cassell. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out eight times. But that was my visceral reaction to it. Well, now that job is, is clearly, I would imagine, right, the number one job that's out there. And we could talk about Philadelphia and New Orleans in a minute here. But you mentioned Ty Lue, and Ty Lue has been tied to Philadelphia before Mike D'Antoni was fired. Then you have Houston that's the open there. 
So as far as the hierarchy of jobs and the connection to it, you mentioned both Ty and Sam Cassell. Who is the best fit right now for what I would imagine, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the number one opening, which is you get to coach Kawhi Leonard? Well, it depends, Ethan. I think philosophically where Lawrence Frank and Steve Ballmer want to go, if you believe that Ty Lue or Sam Cassell are precious assets that you do not want to lose, because you know how it goes, it's very difficult for someone from the current coaching staff to get a job when the head coach has been dismissed. We, we all know that, but this is, you know, special circumstances, right? With the suspension of the season, of uh, the bubble and that dynamic. So, uh, you know, Jeff Van Gundy's name has been bandied about by, by Woj. Uh, so I guess it really depends upon, you know, there's a bevy of assistant coaches that have never been head coaches, like Darvin Ham, like Charles Lee, uh, Stephen Silas has had a cup of coffee in the main seat. So are they prepared to go with an unknown quantity as a head coach or uh, perhaps, you know, a, a Kenny Atkinson, a Dave Yeager, can they lure Jason Kidd from the Lakers? I think it depends upon their philosophy. But the timing of it, uh, again, and I could be a 1,000% wrong, would lead to a lure to sell hiring here. All right, now if you're Doc Rivers, are you the number one candidate that's out there? Is is that a definitive statement, or do you look at some other people and think, and maybe it's just a fit, like maybe Doc Rivers isn't the best fit in fill-in-the-blank, which would make Coach B a better fit there, but I would imagine at least on the surface, Doc is the biggest name that's out there. I would agree, and, and I think, you know, with the possible exception of, you know, Mark Jackson and, and, and the Van Gundy brothers. Right. I just well, their, that's why I ask, right, because they're still in the conversation yeah. for sure. Uh, of course. You know, their ubiquitous nature, you know, on the, on the scene, on the media scene. Uh, but, but I think if you're Doc Rivers here, you can afford to be selective, take a deep breath, uh, I think Philadelphia would be very enticing, as would be New Orleans, just due to the bevy of youth and young talent and the ability to build those franchises. I, I think they would be uh, particularly uh, attractive. Houston, of course, is, a, is, a diff- is at a different stage uh, of the game as far as their development goes uh, as a team at a different uh, spot in the arc of, uh, of a franchise development. So it'll be very interesting to see how this all plays out, the, the, the musical chairs uh, that is uh, coaching in the NBA. Bill Horenda joining us at Bill Horenda on Twitter. I am concerned as a Sixers fan and somebody that has invested a lot of time and effort and energy into supporting this and criticizing this team, probably more in criticizing this team than following it. But I feel like the Sixers are in the middle of where the Pelicans are and where the Houston Rockets are as far as coming into it as a coach, meaning the Pelicans are still so young and raw, especially with Zion, that you can mold and and you can adjust and you can coach and you can alter his game accordingly. You're not coming in and telling James Harden anything, and and rightfully so. I mean, he's just an old dog. You're not going to teach him anything new at all. He's just going to go out there and play his game. And my concern is that the Sixers are straddling that line but are probably closer to Houston simply because of how old Ben and Joe are in the league, which might make them less of an appetizing offer or job placement here than New Orleans. Well, I think 
a good coach always believes that they can make players individually and collectively better. And one of the things that doesn't get talked about enough, Aton, in my opinion, and I've heard Steve Clifford talk about this, uh, the head coach, of course, of the Orlando Magic. And, uh, of course, uh, Cliff had a great line. He said, you know, if you're looking for daily affirmation, don't coach. That was his father's advice to him. His dad was a high school coach. But I digress. <laughs> the, the thing about it is that veteran guys like Al Horford, uh, Alec Burks, uh, uh, even Tobias Harris, now he's going to be 27. Now, Glenn Robinson, right, Mike Scott, Many of these guys have been coached before in the NBA, so you have to prove your credibility to them as an individual head coach and as a staff. So you have to prove that they can thrive in the current system. You can make them better for their next destination. And I think sometimes that gets lost. That's a real challenge uh, for, for coaches. But it is doable. It is doable. And I think here there are only 30 jobs. There's oodles of talent in Philadelphia. This is a team where, hey, listen, if I was putting my resume into the, into the deal, I'd say, listen, you guys were 12 and 26 on the road, one in, one in four in overtime last season. With the right system, with the right mentality, we can flip that switch and automatically become more of an elite team. We were very close just two years ago. This year was you know, somewhat of, a, of a, an aberration due to COVID and the bubble and what have you. So I think Philly is still a very attractive job given the assets that the squad has. Uh, it looks like, and, and I'll try and fit these pieces together here, Bill, it looks like Doc Rivers will have his choice, so I would assume he would go to New Orleans. Mike D'Antoni has been linked heavily to Philadelphia, which knocked Ty Lue off of the favorite, even though they're still reportedly talking to Ty. And then it goes back to what you were saying about the philosophy with the Clippers. But let's throw Ty Lue in there with the Clippers. Who coaches Houston? Well, you know what? Maybe it's Sam Cassell who goes back to Houston. Uh, you know, right? That's, that's a possibility. Uh, you know, I'd have to have a sit-down with Dave Yeager, with Kenny Atkinson. And, and again, uh, Udoka, who's, who's been a Philly guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pat Delaney, Steve Hetzel, Brian Keith. I, I, would, I would definitely look and peruse, you know, the veteran guys, Jawan Howard, uh, you know, but some of the guys that haven't been in the hot seat in the NBA yet as well. Amazing. Now, will you try the new hot sauce that Joel Embiid and Mountain Dew have teamed up to create? This is an NBA product now. So it's under the umbrella of the league. You, you know, you're obligated as, so, as an expert, as an analyst, as somebody who knows the ins and outs, the people who make things work in the league. Aren't you obligated to at least try the new Joel Embiid hot sauce? I like to look at it, Aton, as not as I have to, that I get to. I'm one of these Jersey guys in, in California that's now plant-based. So I'll be going over the ingredients. But you know what? I do make exceptions, and uh, yeah, that, that I, I've got to get on it. Isn't it Sauce Castillo? Remember when, the, yes. when it was? Uh, Don't a, remind a, me. A he was here. This. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I, I was the Sacramento Kings insider when that deal was consummated uh, back at, back in the day. So it looks like uh, Sauce Castillo's got a little competition. I'll, I'll try both. I'll do a, a double blind taste test out in Venice Beach. What do you say? I'm in. I'm definitely in, man. I wouldn't know the difference. All I know is that they're giving you the option to vote on Twitter, and it's all different types of, like, super hot peppers. 
including the you know the habanero and, and others. So you can vote if you want on Twitter. It's pretty cool to do that. I didn't realize, real quick on the way out, Bill. I didn't realize that you were the the King's insider back then. You were you guys laughing as hard as we were when Hinky pulled that thing off. Well, it was you know listen, being an objective uh, observer, <laughs> uh, it was just one of, one of those deals where you just kind of shook your head like, man, a, a little extension here. Would have worked with uh, with Landry and Jason Thompson, but uh, hey, live and learn. And, and I, you know what you learn from that? Some of the best best some of the best moves in life are the ones you never make. Very true, my friend. Wise words as always, Bill. Appreciate you, sir. Thank you, and always thanks for the insight. My, my, my pleasure. Anytime, anytime, man. You got it. That's Bill Horrenda at Bill Horrenda on Twitter at Shander Show for me. Twitch TV slash Shander Show. There's a statement out from the Pittsburgh Steelers. We have been in contact with the NFL regarding the positive COVID-19 test with the Tennessee Titans. We have been informed to proceed with our game preparations for Sunday's game until we are informed otherwise. What? What what could possibly... Again, maybe I'm missing something. And I'm glad to have that conversation. We'll wrap the hour coming up. We have a lot in the second hour to talk about this story moving forward from a couple of different angles and also something that I threw out there on Twitter regarding the Joel Embiid soon-to-be hot sauce that's coming out with Mountain Dew. And you know Bill is jacked up. We, we might have to take him on that and actually fly out Venice Beach, film it, do a nice little video pod of it. All right, we'll wrap the hour next year. It's the second level on SportsMap Radio. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on the SportsMap Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. Well, we have right now the latest, and this is from Jason Lockenfour. I just tweeted this, too. Jason Lockenfour, the NFL has alerted the Vikings and Titans and their opponents for Week 4 that their games may be rescheduled. So just to wrap up, And we'll expand a little more on what the NFL can do moving forward. But I'll just read you what I just tweeted at Shander Show. And then we'll start off the second hour with this question regarding Joel Embiid and the new Mountain Dew hot sauce. But how can a team in Tennessee virtually practice all week and be expected to play a game? If they beat Pittsburgh after practicing on their couch, it's time to stop betting on the NFL. Also, Minnesota said no positive tests. So how much longer are they going to close their facilities? Wednesday? Are they really going to keep it closed through Wednesday when there's no real reason to do that? And why would the Vikings-Texans be postponed if neither Houston nor Minnesota are dealing with any positive tests? That's the whole point of how the NFL has set up their protocol to react. It makes no sense at all. Again, Just like the Titans, it would make no sense for the Titans to play a football game this week. Unless, of course, they have proven that they have physically outed the virus. But even still, you understand, even still, the Titans have already said their facilities are closed until Saturday. That's not enough time to prepare for a football game. If it were, we'd see a lot more than just one game a week. Trust me, body and head injury aside, the NFL would find a way. Uh Uh-uh. You're playing on Sunday, then you're playing again the following Friday. Something along those lines. Saturday, they'd find a way. Trust me. 
You need more time. What's going to change? All of a sudden on Friday, on Thursday, that's still the disruption of the week. Unless they come out and change course today and allow everybody back in tomorrow, like it's expected with the Minnesota Vikings, I don't know how the Titans can be asked to play a football game. And it's totally unfair to the Pittsburgh Steelers in a positive way. Like, it totally aids them by taking on a team that hasn't been able to get together, physically get together in practice. What are they going to do? Go to some high school in Brentwood? Gather up together and just hang out there? Well, you know, maybe we can use Middle Tennessee State's practice facility. Nobody's going to allow them in there. Uh Uh-uh, man, stay out. Stay out until we get those tests back. Stay the hell out. Not in my backyard. I just don't know. I Honestly, I've thought this through and tried to rack my brain through the first hour of this program, and I just don't understand how the NFL can justify a football game when the Titans have already said everything is shut down. On the flip side, what in the world are the Vikings waiting for? They have gone through the necessary protocol and have determined that there are zero positive tests at all. No cases of any positive tests in that organization. What are you waiting on? Go back to work. There's no reason right now. No optics. You're not gaining any PR points. Joel Embiid in the hot sauce. We'll touch on it. This is a Gal Media property in partnership with Jacob Media. Set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You've got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. The second level. On the SportsMap Radio Network, a show where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Home loans that fit your life. Rocket can. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios. Here's Aton Shander. And the last hour mentioned about this hot sauce that Joel Embiid and Mountain Dew are creating. This is a news story that the NBA is running behind right now. And there's a big promotion where Mountain Dew is running some Twitter poll. And Iburn is the name of the hot sauce makers who are creating this alongside Joel. And who knows? Maybe Joel Embiid just lent his name and face to this thing and said, yeah, sure, I'll shoot a 30-second commercial, whatever you need, and then that's it, move on. I imagine that he'll be pretty invested in this, so we'll see when this thing comes out, which looks to be towards the end of October. So we have a little bit. This was just the news release. This is just a little tease, a little drop, if you will, of hot sauce. But I know, and it's not just because it's Joel Embiid and I am in the city in which he plays, but... I know that he's a really popular player in just in general. And he's taken on a unique role of being able to balance a trash-talking villain with a really likable young man who has a huge heart and is definitely, especially when you start to know his story, and I'll just suggest that you Google it and, and read up on it, how easy it is to root for him. Everything from his family to his coming to this country to what he went through as a player initially in the NBA. Point of it is that there are a lot of people that are going to buy this thing simply because it's Joel Embiid. Simply because of that. Probably people that don't even normally eat hot sauce, but, oh, okay, it's Joel Embiid, let me try it out. It's got Joel Embiid's face on it, or they shoot some funny commercial. 
So I put on Twitter at Shander Show. You get it, Ron as well at Ron Culver and here at Sports Map Radio. With Embiid coming out with the new hot sauce provided by Mountain Dew, is there a product that you bought simply because of the celebrity who endorsed it? Like that was it. Just because of the celebrity who came out and endorsed it, you bought it. That I have to buy it. I have to, if it's shoes, if it's a drink, if it's food. If it's a car, whatever it may be, but something that you bought, and it, not even knowing what it is, that's the beauty of it, too. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level. On the SportsMap Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Aton Shander. A couple of good answers so far on Twitter, and we'll let this thing roll as I saw Albert Breer lay out some specifics as far as what's happening with the reaction, not only with the Titans, but also the Vikings. And again, how we're in a position where that game is not postponed, it's technically on the table. But it's not postponed. Now, as far as a product that you bought simply because of who endorsed it, just because there was a celebrity that came out and put their name, their face, their likeness, whatever it may be. Could be a video game. I don't know. Gerardo Vasquez at Vasquez MD. Dr. Vasquez, way too smart to be listening and following along on this show. What are you doing? Butterfingers, Bart Simpson. Remember, I was 8 to 12 at the time. Yeah, I, I imagine that it probably carried. Simpsons were so popular, and if you were 8 to Like, when did the Butterfinger and Bart Simpson marry and, and come to a partnership? Probably 90s, I would think, somewhere along those lines. And that would make, and if you were a kid at that point, 8, 9, 10, 12, something like that, then it's most likely going to be your new candy bar of choice. I, I remember that. That was me as well. I was not a, like, the Butterfinger was never my go-to candy bar. It was difficult at times, that toffee-type, whatever, the butter and the finger, or the finger and the Butterfinger, whatever it was, that crisp. It, it was not an easy chew by any means. And the taste of it was good, don't get me wrong, but it was messy, and that's a big thing, too. Very messy. So the Butterfinger itself was, it it didn't lend itself to be an easy go-to choice for a candy bar. It's not like, I mean, even other bars that are more three-dimensional than, let's say, like, like a Hershey's, right? You would still go with something that would be easier, an easier chew, at least. But... As soon as Bart Simpson and the Simpsons started up with Butterfinger, I remember myself, you know, Simpson tricking Homer, and it would nobody better lay a finger on my Butterfinger. And all of a sudden, I remember, because I was a kid, it was easy to influence me, like it's easy to influence me now. Oh, man, Bart Simpson. So I would, noticeably, of course, but I would go out of my way to get through a Butterfinger, and then all of a sudden they became great, and I loved them, and I became addicted. It's funny how that works, where the celebrity itself drew me to it. Our buddy Jeff Kerr at Jeff Kerr CBS covers the Eagles and NFL for CBS Sports. 
I'm a NASCAR fan, so Miller Lite. Now, that's pretty broad. Is, is it just like you are inundated with NASCAR and Miller Lite every time you watch a race to the point where your brain's like, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, and you see Miller Lite constantly. Miller Lite, Miller Lite, grab yourself a Miller Lite. There has to be something else to add to that. It's it, it has to be like people in the household were drinking Miller Lite as well. It can't just be NASCAR, Jeff, is it? And I don't know. We have Jeff on a lot. We should bring him back on soon. Bill Martino, too. Do sneakers count? Absolutely. Every AI shoe in the early 2000s and every pair of Griffey cleats. Now, this is interesting because I remember going to school with a fan of Carl Malone. I don't know how in the world it, it was Carl uh, Malone fandom that he had, but that was his favorite player. He loved the mailman and constantly hear about, oh, did you see what the mailman did last night? Uh, jazz this. and Okay. Jazz lose back-to-back. He was going nuts and crazy. I just remember going to school a little younger at the time, back when this was going on. But remember, and he'll always stick out, and – when I knew he was truly a jazz slash Malone or maybe a Malone slash jazz fan, because when you're kids, you can test people all the time. You can push, oh, really? Oh, really? You make fun of them, and oh, you're not fair weather this. Especially with sports, we're brutal. This is the manifestation, this is the evolution, what we're doing here of the playground or recess. When you're back just making fun of and yelling and whoever's louder and all the other things that add to a first or second grade argument. But I remember he showed up one day in the L.A. Tex, the L.A. gear, L.A. Tex, that Carl Malone wore that lit up in the back. The heels lit up as you walked or ran or did whatever you did in those shoes. And at that point, it was like nobody could say anything. If he was willing to risk that level of embarrassment, if he was willing to go out of his way to prove his fandom by wearing those God, those horrendous, awful L.A. techs, what could you say? That was putting his money where his mouth was, and, and I remember that shut a lot of people up, me included. No way in hell. Come on, man, jazz fan. What are you doing? M- Carl Malone. I mean, we're in New York, southern Connecticut, that area. It's not like now even now, where everything is so easy to get and you can be a Kings fan living halfway across the world because of the access that you have, the NBA package and everything you get on social media, none of that. In fact, it was quite difficult to follow a team. But that's always going to be one that will come to Whenever I see somebody, and those shoes, he even said it, like they're not comfortable. Basketball, football, sports-type shoes, I don't think people do this with dress shoes or loafers or heels where it's like i mean you're probably already uncomfortable in heels as is but i can't imagine that you would go out there and buy the matthew mcconaughey loafers if they were really significantly uncomfortable every single time you put your foot in it but you're a fan of Allen iverson or michael jordan or lebron james or larry bird i mean converse can you imagine Now, granted, there wasn't much else of an option back then. But remember when the Converse kind of made a little comeback? And it was the canvas. It wasn't even like an updated. They did update their shoe, but it was like a canvas version. And who in their right mind 
would buy that. It's like going out and getting a flip phone instead of having a smartphone now that everybody has. We don't even call them smartphones anymore because it's assumed that everybody has one. But that definitely counts. Now, here we go. I was waiting for this to come in. At Angryologist. Wow, two-time Twitter suspendee, huh? Vitamin water, Formula 50. You know 50 Cent moved a ton of vitamin water. What is it? Vitamin water? What? What the hell is this? I'm not drinking that. 50's on the... 50? Maybe. Okay. And I don't fault him. Because I tried that Formula 50, too. I actually didn't like a lot of the flavors that were available and almost turned my back entirely on the product. And when 50 came out with the Formula 50, it brought me back. And it wasn't because I was willing to give the company another try. It wasn't anything like the goodness out of my own heart. They got me. They hooked me. They baited it with 50, and they brought me in. So you're not alone, my friend. I know that. Definitely not alone. Now, a couple of this. Is Dan Aykroyd have a Ghostbusters-type tequila? I'm looking at this picture that was tweeted. And, again, who knows? At bottle underscore 22 tweets. And the byline is stupid comments since 2009. But it looks funny to me. I don't think it's stupid. It's just a pick. And it's Dan Aykroyd holding two bottles, but the bottles are shaped like skulls, like human skulls. And there's clearly some lick. It looks, I would guess, tequila would be in there, right? Skull usually goes with tequila more than it goes with any other type of alcohol. So maybe, and again, I'm just putting pieces together how they would appear, at least logically in my brain, is that Dan Aykroyd has taken full advantage of the Ghostbusters return, and maybe this is a couple of years ago, I don't know, to come out and market some stuff, including his Ghostbusters tequila. Now, I mean, what would you even call it? I'd have to make, I'd have to look that up. There's, there has to be a story behind the Dan Aykroyd tequila. Oh, vodka. Okay, so I was wrong. Crystal Head Vodka. See, look at this. This is why we throw stuff out there on Twitter. So, is, what tequila is your go-to drink? Because you just saw a bottle of alcohol and immediately thought tequila. No. Or is it yellowish in color? Are you not even like? Do you not even have your headphones on? My goodness. I oh, had my I, headphones on. You were talking about Dan Aykroyd. I was. Tequila is synonymous with a skull. When I think of a skull and alcohol, I it immediately think of tequila. Tequila I don't think is of vodka. Tequila is synonymous with the worm. Yes, but a, I'm saying a skull. Like a skull, tequila. I would assume that one to be rum. Mm, maybe because of a, the whole pirate thing. Going pirate flag on yeah, you. Yeah, but maybe. I mean, I, okay, I'll concede rum, but I still think tequila is a top two answer. It definitely isn't vodka. Like, who who compares or associates a crystal head with vodka? But that's what this is. This is a Canadian-manufactured vodka from Dan Aykroyd and artist John Alexander starting in 2007. Now, I'll tell you this. Have you seen this? Have you seen a picture of this? It looks pretty cool. I might see I might buy it simply on the actual design of it over Dan Aykroyd. And again, I'm not an anti I'm a fan of Dan Aykroyd, but it could be anybody from that movie who came. It could be Ernie Hudson, it could be Vankman, 
Bill Murray. It could be anybody, right? But I will say that I would definitely try that off of two things. One, the celebrity element is there, don't get me wrong. But also, that thing looks pretty cool. To have that in your house, even if you never even use it, even if anybody who comes over doesn't even drink vodka, that's a pretty cool thing to have. But here we are with a couple of great answers. And just think of that, at Shander Show, twitch.tv slash Shander Show. Ron's on Twitter, at Ron Culver, two ends. Any product at all, doesn't have to be food, it can be clothing, it can be anything, that you've tried, that you went out and bought simply because of the celebrity who endorsed it. And again, our buddy here who put out the Dan Aykroyd pick at bottle underscore 22 was probably drawn in by Dan Aykroyd and the incredible amount of celebrity that exudes from him on any commercial. And I would too. I would be blown away like I was with 50 Cent and at least try it. I got to give it a shot. I got to give it a try. I said, I've been racking my brain this entire time. I can't think of one. Not one? No. We had the Butterfinger earlier. No, that, that would, I mean, I, I get that one. All I right, was to say like Reese's Pieces, but not really. E.T. No, didn't do fine. it for me. What about something I'm, you wear? I'm certain there's something out there. There was, but, okay, sneakers are the easiest one, right? Right, but I, I, but I it never. it doesn't have to be because of a celebrity. It could just be because they were popular or they looked good. Well, you like, know what? Okay, you know what? I don't even know if you remember this. This definitely wasn't because of a celebrity, but it, was, it made the rounds in Southern California when I was, uh, I was in junior high school or high school, freshman in high school, right? Um, where they were, it was called Hypercolor, Hypercolor T-shirts. Okay. Did that ever make the rounds in your hood? I think so. Hypercolor t-shirt. Basically what it was was yes. you'd wear a t-shirt yes. and it would change colors in the areas that you sweat. I, I remember this. <laughs> I mean it, it was it wasn't build that that's where you sweat, but that just seemed to be where your you always your shirt always changed color. But like you could put your hand on it and pour water over it and you would see a handprint kind of i mean it was cloth so you wouldn't really pour water over because then you'd have a wet t-shirt and then you just turns into a wet t-shirt contest no but i mean like you could but, hold yeah, the you bottom could, of your shirt out you yeah you could do that you could put your hand on it, it was supposed to take your handprint you can breathe on it and it would change color the problem was is that you know having that type of t-shirt in southern california during the summertime it basically just showed off where you're sweating the absolutely, most absolutely right but you bought it because of a celebrity who endorsed. No, it? I didn't buy it because of a celebrity. I just bought it because of um, I had you know was in need of one because of how popular they were. Okay, so you followed. But the I'm fad. trying. Yeah, but I'm trying to think. Like I can't think of anything where it's like, oh, celebrity had this. I must have that. Well, what about food? Nah, I'm you know just, any type of canned uh, beans or anything. You know, what nah, about a, I mean, you know what the problem was? I grew up in an area where celebrities ran rampant, and so. You weren't influenced by no. it. No. You already had enough. You were inundated enough with it that if well, you kind of you kind of knew that you kind of knew that they were normal people just going to work. That's fair. But you're still a kid. You're still growing up. It could yeah. still be like I mean, what I'm, about a musician, right? I mean, it could still be something like that. No. I can't think of one. Not one? No, I'm trying I'm really racking my brain trying to think of like was there any any influenced by a celebrity out there on me, and I can't think of one that's like, oh, that celebrity had it. I must have it. All right, well, rack your brain, because I'm going to do that next with fake news, and then maybe you can come up with one. You don't have to. It's not like you know, you're not going to be able to participate in the show if you don't have one. But I, I'm a little surprised. 
I get your logic, which is you grew up inundated with celebrity. But even as a kid, you went out and bought a hypercolor T-shirt. I would think at least you were influenced well, popular, by popular doing you know doing stuff that the popular crowd was doing. That was different. Fair. That is different. You know this different. I, I can't think of one. All right, we'll hit fake news next here with Rod Culver. That's Rod right there on the second level Sports Map Radio. So, can I ask you a question? Fake news with Rod. With all the fake news out there. Don't believe those lies. It's on Shander to give it to you straight. Three stories, but only one is fake. It's true. I know it's a weird thought, but it's true. Can Shander spot the fraud? Here's Ron Culver. Okay, well, yesterday, yesterday you both got it. We because did. John had known about the South Park story. And I saw something about the banana. And so you guys collaborated together we and did. were like, ooh, I think we can team up on this one. But now you're solo. You have no team. Correct. It is just me right now. And I'm pretty confident because I'm I would actually, be. I mean, I would be. I would well, be I've got the last two. McMullen's one and one over the last two. That's true. If I nail this one, that's a trend, my friend. That's three in a row. That's very true. Now, how confident are you feeling? Uh, pretty confident. All right, well, I'm an idiot. You know that, so no, it's no. not difficult to really fool me. You ready to do this? I am. All right, let's do it. An American traveler may face over a $6,000 fine and up to two years in a Thai prison simply for writing a negative hotel review. Was this on Yelp or was it like the Taiwanese version? Of no, Yelp? it was on like uh, TripAdvisor type Trip of site. TripAdvisor. Yeah. So... There's a law that this person broke? Well, Thai, uh, Thai law has a very strict defamation clause in their whatever it's called. Their constitution or version yeah, of it? Yeah, or like an amendment to And not really in the constitution. It's just something that they... Uh, it's not really a law. It's just something that's pushed by the Thai government. And they feel that this guy broke it because his negative review may cause that hotel business. Never mind that the... Review probably was accurate. Well, do you? If this story is true, we should circle back. Unless you have something great for one for the road, and actually read the review and see how bad it really is. No, no, the review. No, I'll let you know. The review wasn't that bad. It's just you know saying stuff about the uh, hotel manager could be a little bit nicer, the wait staff could be a little bit friendlier. Wow, this is going to cause an international incident. Probably not. You wait. There is somebody here that is willing to pick up the fight and be seen and retweeted on Twitter constantly for the next two weeks until this thing dies down. I guarantee you that there are already people forming a group right now to take over this and push some sort of local to federal government to do something. Just just you wait. All right. That's story one. Story number two. Berkeley has given the world things people hate. Right. Okay. Now they're giving us hippies. We're talking about Cal Berkeley. Here. Cal Ber- or just Berkeley in general, you know, little town of Berkeley. Okay. So, which is where Cal Berkeley is located. Uh, they've given us hippies. They've given us Jared Goff. Now they're planning on banning all sales of candy bars and supermarket aisles. Does this include the Butterfinger? Probably. So, I'm outraged. Any candy bar in, you know, when you're, you're going through the aisle to check out. 
Yeah, the impulse the, style. The little, yeah, the little racks right there. The, the impulse rack. They're, they're yes. going to get rid of all that. Why? Because it is an impulse? No, because it's Berkeley. Yes, but what's their reasoning behind it? It's because it's... To help make America thin again? I don't know. Okay. Well, if there's a health thing behind it, then I can't totally rip them. But if there's well, of course there's a health thing behind it. You know, I mean, you having a candy bar is not probably the healthiest thing for you to do. No, but the hypocrisy, I'm sure, lies in that you can still go to another aisle where it's clearly marked candy bars and buy a candy bar or go to the aisle, like the seasonal aisle, and get a bag full of Reese's Minis. But because they're right there at the front, it's similar to, you know, putting the cigarettes behind an area that, you know, you need help to get as opposed to just leaving them out there for anybody to grab and pay for. All right. Now, that's story two, right? Yes. Okay. We'll have to sneak this in here. Uh, Well, okay. 2020 hasn't been bad for everyone. A Wilshire man has hit a mind-boggling four lottery jackpots just since uh, quarantine began. Like this so, is in like, England, Wilshire. Yeah, so like around what late March. Mm-hmm. So like the you know like the little scratchers that you'd get, and he's hit four jackpots since then. I hate him already. <laughs> four jackpots. Yeah, so I mean you know so they've all ranged in different prices, but the the worst the, one yeah the worst say, one the, was fifteen thousand dollars. Right, that's not bad at all. That that's the least amount he won. In yeah, one ticket I think he's. Uh, I think one of them was up around uh, seventy five, or seventy five thousand pounds. I'm sorry, fifteen thousand pounds. Which is even which more money. Right? I don't even know what here. that is in American. It's a lot more. So, yeah, so twenty twenty. I mean, he has, he can't complain. No, he's one of the few who can't complain. <laughs> wow. All right, let me look at this here. Story one, we had a little bit of a deeper conversation. That's what kind of pushed the other two to a, a shorter reaction. So I'm confident that one is real. Story two, however, is lurking. I'm going to say, well, story one wasn't the government, Taiwan government, right? Story one was Thai government. Right. I'm going to say story two. You story tell me two? when we come back. I'll okay. say story two is fake. to the second level on the sports map radio network presented by rocket mortgage home loans that fit your life rocket can from the o'reilly auto parts studios with way more than the scores here's Aton shander all right well before we recap everything going on with the titans and vikings and nfl let's get an answer to fake news and since we broke let's recap real quick story one story one was, was an american traveler yes who got busted over in Thailand for writing a negative hotel review might have two years in prison in a Thai prison. Yep. Makes it even worse. Uh, story number two, Berkeley, which has given the world many things people hate. But one of the things they're planning on doing now is banning all sales of candy bars in the supermarket aisle when you're checking out. That's it. That's the one that I... I and finally, story number three, 2020 hasn't been bad for everyone. A Wilshire man has hit a mind-boggling four lottery jack- jackpot since... We their country went to lockdown, which was right around the same time as us, March-ish. Now, again, that I didn't hear anything really about, but at the same time, four is just a specific number, and why would you create that? And there isn't even like a movie or a Netflix show, I think, 
that came out that's attached to that theme. So I was trying to go through it in my head, and I'm going to go with the candy bar story number two as fake news. Mm. Well, Aton, you need John sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Ben, Not you need, all the time. Yeah, but you need him today. I did. Yeah. Now, story what, number two is real. Okay. And story number one is real. Story number three is fake. The Wilshire man is a fake story. Now, did that yeah. just come from your mind? Or? Yeah, pretty much. I I think I started off in one direction, and then it went another way, then another way, and then before I know it, I created a lie. Ah, I get it. You were knee deep, and the next thing yeah. you know, you were neck deep. And then I just had to keep rolling with it. Yep. Okay, fair but enough. But yeah, there is a man in Thailand who it could be facing two years in prison for writing a negative review. And it wasn't, as you said, wasn't even it that was, I don't even think it was that bad. And then, Here it is. The staff was not friendly. Nobody could smile. The restaurant manager was very rude and full of himself. He is from the Czech Republic. There were other hotels with better, friendlier staffs. Avoid this place as if it was the coronavirus. I don't know. Maybe it's that last line. Maybe. It's inflammatory. That's what it was. How yeah. dare they bring in the coronavirus when there's nothing that could prove it? I, I mean, exactly, though. Instead of talking about just the shoddy service I mean, uh, and the people that are there, <laughs> that's terrible. This is how far it's going. The Seaview Resort owner, that's the Seaview the uh, Resort, that's uh, the place where the guy was staying, is accusing him of uh, damaging the reputation in arguing with staff about not wanting to pay a corkage fee for alcohol he, bought, he brought to the resort. Unbelievable. Um, so they are, he slammed the resort on multiple websites in recent weeks. In June, the man allegedly accused the resort of modern-day slavery. I don't remember that part in the review. So I don't know, maybe that was a follow-up? Maybe. Look, it's <laughs> inflammatory, but that's what, rev- have you ever been on Yelp? Anybody out there ever oh, seen some, I mean, it's, and now granted, there is a litmus test that you have to pass and you can't just get on there and, and throw ridiculous stuff there but there are some pretty bad things that have been seen on yeah. Yelp. i know i've seen them myself Well, he did this on TripAdvisor. there there is one i didn't read this part do not sleep here don't support modern day slavery of thai people so he did he did say that to him well look again maybe they're being paid minimum wage maybe they're r- ridiculous horrific work i don't know right right i don't know but that seems harsh like, that's the norm here, is to go inflammatory and over-the-top and anything you can do to bring people on your side by shocking them as much as possible. I know, but one thing you got to remember is that, remember the uh, the kid who was in Singapore? Yes. I think he spit out his gum and he got and caned. caned him. Yeah. He caned him. Right. So, I mean, yeah, this, when you go to another country, just, I mean, if you don't like the resort, fine, but wait till you get back to America to slam it. That's true. That, that is true. Be, In hindsight, cruising right. around, slamming them all over the place. Just wait. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That, that person, that guy should have definitely And, yeah, waited. for Berkeley, I'm not really uh, positive of why they would like to cancel. or. My guess is the impulse. Again, unless they've banned candy bars entirely from the supermarket, which it didn't seem like. No, they're not the banning story. it from supermarkets. Just, just banning it from just the Yeah, just banning it from the impulse right. hour. All that, snacks. That's what I mean. It, that's hypocritical. But again, I, I get it. It's always but then in the they, guise But then they go good. around and say, it's not a ban, it's a nudge. Placement of un- unhealthy stacks near a register increases the likelihood that customers will purchase these foods and drinks 
when willpower is weak at Look, the end of a long shopping trip. Here's the reality. You put anything <laughs> next to the register and people will buy it. You Dude, could you, put bushels how many times, of beets up there. How many times have you gone through that aisle and you looked over and you saw, like, as seen on TV and you're looking at, like, Every time. God, Wait you a know second. what? That I'm, makes a lot of sense to me. I was just in Lowe's yesterday and I bought a small spray thing of WD-40. Because it was right there next to the... I, I bought that in a Slim Jim. Honestly, I'm sitting right there at the cash register ready to check out at Lowe's. They didn't have what I wanted. And I wound up getting one other thing that I needed. And I'm thinking, all right, let me just check out. It was one little small thing that I bought. And I'm on the way to check out. And there is a can of WD-40. I don't need it. But I thought, well, maybe I would need it at some point. Let me just get it. Again, you could put anything in front of the cash register and somebody's going to buy it. Marshalls, you have that store down there? It's called Marshalls. It's basically yeah, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Where you get good clothing at a discount. Right. It's basically how Again, yep. they have one of these wine snake type things yeah. where you have to go in and then around and then and it's, it's just it's, it's all riddled. Filled. It's just crap. Absolutely. It's That's crap. all it is. It's just I mean, and then at the very end, right before you get there, they have uh, um, they usually have like a little tiny half size refrigerator that has soft drinks or Gatorades. Exactly or waters. right. Exactly. There's an Ace Hardware down the street from me, and it's a hardware store. Yet they have that small little refrigerator right when you check out that has Mountain Dew and Pepsi. Yep. And right before, I bought a a bowl. I bought a bowl for my dog. Because I was waiting online. I remember this was like three months ago. My w- wife's like, what are you doing buying another bowl for the dog? I bought the bowl for the dog because I'm waiting online 10 minutes. And I'm just sitting there watching different things like this 50-foot USB charger for your iPhone or something ridiculous like that. And that's all the impulse aisle is. And, yeah, they could say candy bars all they want, but they can replace it with anything. Maybe they should replace it with broccoli. At this point, I don't know, but I've definitely been victim of it myself. Yeah, but now, it's an American way. Don't get rid of the candy bar. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm. I, you know what? You know what's worse is when you go through that aisle with kids because they always turn around like, "Hey, Dad, can I have this? Dad, can I have that? Dad?" Well, yeah, that, that's that requires you to be a parent. But, yeah, but see, what's fun? Sorry, what's fun is that <laughs> I don't say no all the time. I mean, we, you know, they haven't been in a grocery store God knows how sure. long. Sure. But I, I, you know, every once in a while, there was great joy in saying, you know what? Yeah, go ahead and get that pack of gum. And just to see their faces light up. And now Berkeley's going to take that away from me. That's true. Berkeley has stepped in and determined when to be the parent in this situation. And that is so that's why I wasn't it wasn't fake news because I said, you know, they've given us many things that people hate, like hippies and Jared Goff. I hate this more than Goff, not as much <laughs> as hippies. How about that? Oh, that works for me. All right. Albert Breer tweeted this out 14 minutes ago, and we had much more important stuff to get to, as you just heard. The Vikings situation, 9.30 and 10 a.m., those in the building were told they had to be out within a half hour. Today is players' day off. Some were in to lift and or watch tape. Staff was told building will be closed for at least 24 hours and to plan for 48 Again, the Vikings issued a statement before this even came out that said they found no positive tests within the organization. I can't imagine that this is closed. There is no logical reason for their facility to be closed for 48 hours if they have thoroughly exhausted everybody there and whoever should be in that building with tests, and they've all come back negative. 
just like on the flip side, we are still getting word, and Breer and others have been tweeting this, still getting word that the Titans and Steelers have both been told to prepare business as usual for this football game. Yes, postponement is still on the table, but what is the NFL thinking right now? First off, just look at it from what's known right now with the Titans. In fact, and I saw a report that there was another, there was a coach down in Nashville who tested positive today that was separate from the eight. So they're still bringing in at least one more positive yeah. case to the mix. Well, right? the NFL realizes that, you know, these are two high profile teams that have a lot of fantasy football implications on for people's rosters. So, yeah, if, if Nashville doesn't play, of. you've got a bunch of guys. And look, Houston, too. You've got a running back, a wide receiver, yeah. and a quarterback times two. Mm, it, it's a lot right there, but I, I just I don't know how you can expect a team to practice. From well, I home mean, well, or week. not practice. I mean, Pittsburgh can practice. I mean, the good thing about Pittsburgh and Nashville not too far of a distance. You know, I mean, Pittsburgh would probably elect to uh, stay a little bit closer to home before leaving for Nashville. Anyways, they probably wouldn't have left until like you know maybe Friday night, Saturday. Because it's, you know, that trip is, what, a two-hour trip maybe? No. Pittsburgh to Nashville? Maybe an hour. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to Nashville, Tennessee? Flying-wise? How long do you think it would be? Oh, fly. I thought you said driving. No, not driving. Flying. Uh, probably, like, I think like you an lose hour. an hour, though, right? Or you gain, technically, an hour. You gain an hour. So it's probably going to be like a two, something like that, two-and-a-half-hour flight. Yeah, I mean, it's not not too bad. So they would probably have left either Friday night or Saturday morning. So Pittsburgh can practice all week long. Well, that's the thing. They don't yeah, have to go anywhere. They wouldn't go anywhere anyway. Even if there was no COVID, they would be at what, home all week. I don't know what. how do you do with Tennessee, though. That's why you have to postpone. Like, there's nothing right now that would logically say to keep this game going because the Titans have already determined that nobody can get in the building until Saturday. At that point, you have effectively taking yourself out of playing a football game the day after. It's How are we expected to believe well, you know that you any could team do. can prepare? You, what you could do, I mean, like there's never a situation always, like this. I think you know what the NFL needs to do is be a little more flexible and move the game. We, you have, I've, there have they been incidences that. in the past where they've moved games, but they created that before the season started. They remember they gave us this cushion of a month to where the first four weeks of the season could be moved to the back end. Right. Well, I know that part, but what I'm saying is, you know, they need to find a way because this, you know, if this happens like in week nine. You got to find a way to say, you know what? Okay, we're going to take this game. We're going to play it on a Tuesday. We have no choice, but we're going to push it back a couple of days. Uh, it's not the might... end of the world. You don't have fans in the stands anyway, so you're not putting anybody out. You're yeah. just altering television programming. You might, though, be able to get around that and just play it on like an extra. Remember, there's always going to be a break. So if it's well, then a bye you have to week... make sure that the. But the, wasn't it only the uh, teams in the same conference have bye by weeks at the same time? Teams at bye weeks. I mean, in the same conference, uh, yeah, or division. You mean division? I mean, might be, but again, you're talking about see the the only reason I'm saying I'm saying there there has been a precedent for this in the past. I I remember when I was living in San Diego, the San Diego wildfires were kind of uh, running rampant, and uh, Qualcomm Stadium was a uh, was a shelter. For a lot of residents for the San Diego Chargers. Well, same thing with Katrina when we saw that right. So they did move 
the game, and they, they played it a day later. They played it in Arizona. But they played it on a Monday, so all of a sudden we had a random, there was just a random Monday where we got two games. So there has been precedent of the, done in the past. You can do the same thing with Tennessee and Pittsburgh. I mean, why not? It's a better Thursday night well, offering than what we're getting this Thursday. That's the point, is that the NFL has allotted at least four weeks at the end of this, uh, like, I know, well, I'm sa- But I'm saying what, you could probably do that now with these games and, and change it, but by, by the time you get to week nine, you might not be able to do it then. So why not open the door and go, hey, why not have a game on a Tuesday or Wednesday night? Maybe, but again, you can't play on Sunday and then back on Tuesday. True. So you would have to find or you, you have, have to have to. that work. Hey, we were making uh, baseball players play double headers, and yeah, I know it's not as strenuous. No way the union but, would agree to that. But well, then you, maybe you just miss out on a game. I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer could be. Well, I think the answer, unfortunately, for a lot, we'll break and get to one to one for the road in a second. I think the answer, and again, I don't know if people will like this, but I think the answer is you delay the start of the playoffs an extra week, and in that time, you have any makeup games that need to be played. Otherwise, you're you're back to what you said, which is you have to pu- take a game off of a team's schedule. Yeah. And that's going to cause two a, games. a ton of issues. Or yeah, a game, right, a game off uh, for uh, two teams. For two teams, correct. All right, I can't wait. You've teased this on the stream. One for the road. We'll hit that next here on Sports Map Radio. of the issues. It's the second level on the SportsMap Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Aton Shander. Uh, we're back on a Wednesday. We'll see how much development we get down in Nashville. One for the road before we turn things over to Matt Peralt here on SportsMap Radio. What you got? Do you remember that TV show, Ken Say the Darndest Things? Yes, it's an was old Bob TV show. Saget, the host of that. Oh, I have no idea. Or Bill Cosby, I think. Yeah, Bill actually. Cosby tried to do it before that. It was, uh, I mean, back in like the '60s. I don't remember who who was saying that. Oh then no, they, I didn't know it went. back And then that they far. tried to revive it with. Uh, oh, I can't remember the actress's name. She's up and coming. Uh, oh, no. it's gonna the name's gonna escape me. But anyways, there's this there was this little video going around yesterday that I saw. I wish that show was existing right now because this kid, we need to know more about his life. Okay. Or, you know, I mean, he's intelligent beyond his years. Who is it? Jaden has one dollar bill, one quarter, and two pennies. How how much money, how much money does he have? Jaden broke. <laughs> is this a new internet phenom now that I, we should pay attention to? I, I think we need to immediately. Kids wise beyond his years. I mean, you know, just trying to answer a simple math question. He takes it the other way going, ah, that kid's broke. Yep. Well, and he's, he's not wrong. He's a realist. Yeah. He's exactly right. That's how math math should be more interpretive. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, that follow-up with that laugh. That laugh is contagious. It is. Con- I love that. Joe West, the crew chief for tonight's Braves-Reds game. Take that for what it's worth. Good stuff. We'll need to play him again tomorrow. Back on a Wednesday. So, can I ask you a question? Fake news with Ron. With all the fake news out there. Don't believe those lies. It's on Shander to give it to you straight. Three stories, but only one is fake. It's true. I know it's a weird thought, but it's true. Can Shander spot the fraud? Here's Ron Culver. Okay, well, yesterday, yesterday you both got it. Because John had known about the South Park. 
story. And I saw something about the banana. And so you guys collaborated together and were like, ooh, I think we can team up on this one. But now you're solo. You have no team. Correct. It is just me right now. And I'm pretty confident because... I'm I would actually, be. I mean, I would be. I would well, be I've got the last two. McMullen's one and one over the last two. That's true. If I nail this one, that's a trend, my friend. That's three in a row. That's very true. Now, how confident are you feeling? Uh, pretty confident. All right. Well, I'm an idiot. You know that. So no, it's no. not difficult to really fool me. You ready to do this? I am. All right. Let's do it. An American traveler may face over a $6,000 fine and up to two years in a Thai prison simply for writing a negative hotel review. Was this on Yelp or was it like the Taiwanese version of No, Yelp? it was on like uh, TripAdvisor type Trip of site. TripAdvisor. Yeah. So there's a law that this person broke. Well, Thai, uh, Thai law has a very strict defamation clause in their whatever it's called. Their constitution or version yeah, of it. Yeah, or like an amendment to And not really in the constitution. It's just something that they uh, – it's not really a law. It's just something that's pushed by the Thai government. And they feel that this guy broke it because his negative review may cause that hotel business. Never mind that the review probably was accurate. Well, do you – if this story is true – we should circle back, unless you have something great for One for the Road, and actually read the review and see how bad it really is. No, no, the I'm review. The, no, I'll let you know the review wasn't that bad. It's just, you know, saying stuff about the uh, hotel manager could be a little bit nicer, or the wait staff could be a little bit friendlier. Wow. This is going to cause an international incident. Probably not. You wait. There is somebody here that is willing to pick up the fight. And be seen and retweeted on Twitter constantly for the next two weeks until this thing dies down. I guarantee you that there are already people forming a group right now to take over this and push some sort of local to federal government to do something. Just just you wait. All right, that's story one. Story number two. Berkeley has given the world things people hate, right? Okay. Now they're giving us hippies. We're talking about Cal Berkeley. Here. Cal Ber- or just Berkeley in general, you know, little town of Berkeley. Okay. So, which is where Cal Berkeley is located. Uh, they've given us hippies. They've given us Jared Goff. Now they're planning on banning all sales of candy bars and supermarket aisles. Does this include the Butterfinger? Probably. So, I'm outraged. Any candy bar in, you know, when you're, you're going through the aisle to check out. Yeah, the impulse aisle. The little, yeah, the little racks right there. The the impulse rack. They're they're going to get rid of all that. Why? Because it is an impulse. No, because it's Berkeley. Yes, but what's their reasoning behind it? Is because it's to help make America thin again? I don't know. Okay, if there's a health thing behind it, then I can't totally rip them. But if there's well, of course, there's a health thing behind it. You know, I mean, you having a candy bar is not probably the healthiest thing for you to do. No, but the hypocrisy, I'm sure, lies in that you can still go to another aisle where it's clearly marked candy bars and buy a candy bar, or go to the aisle like the seasonal aisle and get a bag full of Reese's Minis. But because they're right there at the front, it's similar to, you know, putting the cigarettes behind an area that, you know, you need help to get as opposed to just leaving them out there for anybody to grab and pay for. All right. Now, that's story two, right? Yes. Okay. 
We'll have to sneak this in here. Uh, well, okay, 2020 hasn't been bad for everyone. A Wilshire man has hit a mind-boggling four lottery jackpots just since uh, quarantine began. Like this so, is in what, England, Wilshire. Yeah, so like around what late March. Mm-hmm. So like the you know like the little scratchers that you'd get. And he's hit four jackpots since then. I hate him already. <laughs> four jackpots. Yeah. So I mean, you know, so they've all ranged in different prices, but the the worst the, one, yeah, what's the worst say, what's one was fifteen thousand dollars. Right, that's not bad at all. That that's the least amount he won. In yeah, one ticket I think he's. Uh, I think one of them was up around uh, seventy five or seventy five thousand pounds. I'm sorry, fifteen thousand pounds. Which is even which more money. Right? I don't even know what here. that is in American. It's a lot more. So, yeah, so 2020, I mean, he ha- he can't complain. No, he's one of the few who can't complain. <laughs> wow. All right, let me look at this here. Story one, we had a little bit of a deeper conversation. That's what kind of pushed the other two to a, a shorter reaction. So I'm confident that one is real. Story two, however, is lurking. I'm going to say... Well, story one wasn't the government, Taiwan government, right? Story one was Thai government. Right. I'm going to say story two. You story tell me two? when we come back. I'll okay. say story two is fake. to the second level on the sports map radio network presented by rocket mortgage home loans that fit your life rocket can from the o'reilly auto parts studios with way more than the scores here's Aton shander all right well before we recap everything going on with the titans and vikings and nfl let's get an answer to fake news and since we broke let's recap real quick story one story one was, was an american traveler yes who got busted over in Thailand for writing a negative hotel review might have two years in prison in a Thai prison. Yep. Makes it even worse. Uh, story number two, Berkeley, which has given the world many things people hate. But one of the things they're planning on doing now is banning all sales of candy bars in the supermarket aisle when you're checking out. That's it. That's the one that I... I and finally, story number three, 2020 hasn't been bad for everyone. A Wilshire man has hit a mind-boggling four lottery jack- jackpot since... We their country went to lockdown, which was right around the same time as us, March-ish. Now, again, that I didn't hear anything really about, but at the same time, four is just a specific number, and why would you create that? And there isn't even like a movie or a Netflix show, I think, that came out that's attached to that theme. So I was trying to go through it in my head, and I'm going to go with the candy bar story, number two, as fake news. Hmm. Well, Aton, you need John sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Ben, Not you need, all the time. Yeah, but you need him today. I did. Yeah. Now, story what, number two is real. Okay. And story number one is real. Story number three is fake. The Wilshire man is a fake story. Now, did that yeah. just come from your mind? Or? Yeah, pretty much. I, I think I started off in one direction, and then it went another way, then another way, and then before I know it, I created a lie. Ah, I get it. You were knee deep, and the next thing you yeah. know, you were neck deep. And then I just had to keep rolling with it. Yep. Okay, fair but enough. But yeah, there is a man in Thailand who it could be facing two years in prison for writing a negative review. 
And it wasn't, as you said, wasn't even it that was, I don't even think it was that bad. And then, here it is. The staff was not friendly. Nobody could smile. The restaurant manager was very rude and full of himself. He is from the Czech Republic. There were other hotels with better, friendlier staffs. Avoid this place as if it was the coronavirus. I don't know. Maybe it's that last line. Maybe. It's inflammatory. That's what it was. How dare they bring in the coronavirus when there's nothing that could prove it? I I mean, exactly, though. Instead of talking about just the shoddy service uh, and the people that are there. (laughs) That's terrible. This is how far it's going. The Sea View Resort owner, that's the place, the Sea View, uh, Sea View Resort, that's what, the place where the guy was staying, is accusing him of uh, damaging the reputation and arguing with staff about not wanting to pay a corkage fee for alcohol he, bought, he brought to the resort. Unbelievable. Um, so they are, he slammed the resort on multiple websites in recent weeks. In June, the man allegedly accused the resort of modern day slavery. I don't remember that part in the review. So I don't know. Maybe that was a follow-up. Maybe. Look, it's <laughs> inflammatory, but that's what rev- – have you ever been on Yelp? Anybody out there ever oh, seen some – I mean, it's – and now, granted, there is a litmus test that you have to pass. You can't just get on there and, and throw ridiculous stuff there. But there are some pretty bad things that have been seen on yeah. Yelp. I know. I've seen them myself. Well, he did this on TripAdvisor. There, there is one. I didn't read this part. Do not sleep here. Don't support modern-day slavery of Thai people. So he did He did say that to him. Well, look, again, maybe they're being paid minimum wage. Maybe they're r- ridiculous, horrific work. I don't know. Right. Right? I don't know. But that seems harsh. Like, that's the norm here, is to go inflammatory and over-the-top and anything you can do to bring people on your side by shocking them as much as possible. I know, but one thing you got to remember is that remember the uh, the kid who was in Singapore. Yes, I think he spit out his gum and he got and they caned. caned him. Yeah, he caned him. Right. So I mean, yeah, this, when you go to another country, just I mean, if you don't like the resort, fine, but wait till you get back to America to slam it. That's true. That, that is true. Be, in hindsight, cruising right. around slamming them all over the place. Just wait. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that that person, that guy, should have definitely. And yeah, waited. for Berkeley, I'm not. Really uh, positive of why they would like to cancel? or My guess is the impulse. Again, unless they've banned candy bars entirely from the supermarket, which it didn't seem like. No, they're not banning story. it from supermarkets. Just, just banning it from just the, Yeah, just banning it from the impulse right. hour. All that, snacks. That's what I mean. It, that's hypocritical. But again, I, I get it. It's always but then the they, guys. But then they go good. around and say, it's not a ban, it's a nudge. Placement of un- unhealthy stacks near a register increases the likelihood that customers will purchase these foods and drinks when willpower is weak at Look, the end of a long shopping trip. Here's the reality. You put anything <laughs> next to the register and people will buy it. You Dude, could you, put how many times? beets up there. How many times have you gone through that aisle and you looked over and you saw like as seen on TV and you're looking at like every time? God, Wait you a know second. what? That I'm, makes a lot of sense to me. I was just in Lowe's yesterday and I bought a small spray thing of WD-40 because it was right there next to the. I, I bought that in a Slim Jim. Honestly, I'm sitting right there at the cash register, ready to check out at Lowe's. They didn't have what I wanted, and I wound up getting one other thing that I needed. And I'm thinking, all right, let me just check out. It was one little small thing that I bought, and I'm on the way to check out. And there is a can of WD-40. I don't need it, but I thought, well, maybe I would need it at some point. Let me just get it. Again, you could put anything in front of the cash register, and somebody's going to buy it. Marshalls, you have that store down there? 
It's called Marshalls. It's basically yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Where you get good clothing at a discount. Right. It's basically how... Again, yep. they have one of these wine snake type things yeah. where you have to go in and then around and then... And it's, it's just... It's, it's all riddled. With, it's just crap. Absolutely. It's That's crap. all it is. It's just... I mean, and then at the very end, right before you get there, they have a. Uh, um, they usually have like a little tiny half size refrigerator that has soft drinks or Gatorades. Exactly or waters. right. Exactly. There's an Ace Hardware down the street from me, and it's a hardware store. Yet they have that small little refrigerator right when you check out that has Mountain Dew and Pepsi. Yep. And right before, I bought a a bowl. I bought a bowl for my dog. Because I was waiting online. I remember this was like three months ago. My w- wife's like, what are you doing buying another bowl for the dog? I bought the bowl for the dog because I'm waiting online 10 minutes. And I'm just sitting there watching different things like this 50-foot USB charger for your iPhone or something ridiculous like that. And that's all the impulse aisle is. And, yeah, they could say candy bars all they want, but they could replace it with anything. Maybe they should replace it with broccoli. At this point, I don't know, but I've definitely been victim of it myself. Yeah, but now, it's an American way. Don't get rid of the candy bar. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm. I, you know what? You know what's worse is when you go through that aisle with kids because they always turn around like, "Hey, Dad, can I have this? Dad, can I have that? Dad?" Well, yeah, that, that's that requires you to be a parent. But, yeah, but see, what's fun? Sorry, what's fun is that <laughs> I don't say no all the time. I mean, we, you know, they haven't been in a grocery store God knows how sure. long. Sure. But I, I, you know, every once in a while, there was great joy in saying, you know what? Yeah, go ahead and get that pack of gum. And just to see their faces light up. And now Berkeley's going to take that away from me. That's true. Berkeley has stepped in and determined when to be the parent in this situation. And that is so that's why I wasn't it wasn't fake news because I said, you know, they've given us many things that people hate, like hippies and Jared Goff. I hate this more than Goff, not as much <laughs> as hippies. How about that? Ah, that works for me. All right.